everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of Charging the Mound. Uh, it's been a little while. I'm glad to be back. Um, glad to be talking baseball with everybody. Always, always enjoy that. You just heard Breakless by The Wonder Years. Uh, that's a new single by them, uh, celebrating the 10-year anniversary of their two albums, The Upsides and Suburbia, I've Given You All and Now I'm Nothing. Um, really cool, because that song was written back in 2010, uh, 2009 or 2010, around that time, uh, that they were writing those two albums, um, and never was never recorded. So they recorded it now in the style of those two albums, so that it would fit back on there uh, retroactively. Uh, that's something that you really don't see happen, that somebody, that a band like, you know, does that and records a song uh, that kind of resembles the style their old style and especially been like the wonder years who have changed their sound significantly over the uh past number of years um those two albums so uh the upsides and suburbia i've given you all and now i'm nothing were extremely influential um and sort of redefined the genre uh they were huge for the pop punk scene so that's that song's really cool i i really dig it and i'm i'm stoked on anything that they release uh and i hope you liked it and you're gonna hear some more of that uh, at the end of the show but right now, let's get into free agency. So what I want to do is I want to give my free agent predictions. I usually do this in an article. Um, I wanted to do this in a podcast format this year. So I'm going to go based off of MLB Trade Rumors uh, rankings on the top 25 free agents. However, I added one into the top 25, so it's really going to be 26. Because one of those guys should have been on there, and that's Charlie Morton. They had him very low down on the list. So I don't know what the deal is with that, but I'm going to throw him in there. Um, but we're going to start with definitely who's the big fish, and that's Trevor Bauer. Um, Trevor Bauer is the odds-on favorite for uh, NL Cy Young this year. Had an unbelievable season, uh, throwing in 73 innings at NL Best 1.73 ERA. He was second in the league in K percentage. He was third in the league in F war. Uh, excellent control. Um, you know, the, the only issue with him is inconsistency. Because uh, aside from his 2018 sixth place Cy Young finish and this year, he's never had a season below uh, an ERA of 4.18. So you kind of have to base it on the metrics. Uh, is this a guy who has sort of solved his issues? Is this a guy who has figured out? Uh, he's he's very into spin rate and stuff like that. He, he's he's very like sabermetric uh, forward and and into advanced metrics. Um, so it's like, is this a guy who uh, who knows what he's doing and knows his strengths now, um, and is going to be putting in and you know a, a two ERA every single season? Uh, now that he's thirty years old in, in you know coming in, up in January. Um, the other thing is he's had some off the field issues. He had the he had the drone incident that caused him to miss starts in the uh, in the World Series back in twenty sixteen. Uh, he had a an issue on Twitter a couple of years ago in which he uh, kind of harassed is the only way to put it a, a, a young college student, and uh, he obviously the issue with throwing the ball over the center field wall in Kansas City in his last start with the Indians. Um, aside from that, he did sort of become like the de facto pitching coach a couple times in Cleveland. Mike Clevenger and Shane Bieber have both accredited their success to Trevor Bauer. Um, and now, obviously, 
uh, his success in Cincinnati, and like I said, where he seems to be the uh, presumptive NL Cy Young winner for 2020. Now, an interesting thing is he frequently said that he was going to take one-year contracts for his entire career. Um, He has since talked that back um, because it seems like he knows that his best chance at a payday is now rather than risking taking a one-year deal for, let's say, $30 million, have a bad season, and then signing a a one-year deal for $15 million. This way he gets a prorated salary for four or five years, depending on what his contract is going to be, for presumptively you know, $30 million a year. Um, that seems like the, the smart move for him. The question is, where does he go? Um, I do think the Reds have a solid shot at retaining him. He's, he's definitely not going to accept the one-year qualifying offer. That's $18.9 million. He's bound to beat that on an average salary every year. Um, so he won't take that. But I, I'm not ruling out the Reds re-signing him. But he's going to have some uh, some people going after him. Um, those teams, I would assume, would be the Dodgers, the Padres, the Angels. The Angels absolutely need a starting pitcher. They desperately need to get a big, a big name for starting pitcher. Um, and the Mets. Uh, but then, you know, there's teams like the Braves. I think the Braves might be going out for a starter, but depending on, you know, they see they very much like Max Fried and Mike Soroka, uh, as they should, and would probably more likely be getting a number three rather than a bona fide ace. Now, the Mets, if they were to sign him, and I think I, I'll talk about the Mets because I think the Mets are going to get one of the big five uh, free agents. Now, with the Mets, Bauer would be the number two behind DeGrom, which would be enormous because it puts pressure off of Noah Syndergaard once he's back and healthy. Um, And then you can worry about who's going to be your 4-5 after that. Now, I mean, the Mets have to like what they saw from David Peterson this year. So you'd presume that he's going to be in the rotation. Uh, Matt seems to be done. They seem to be absolutely done with with Steven Matz. Um, And maybe Seth Lugo is the number number 5 then. So that's definitely a possibility. But again, I I think the Mets are going to get a pitch no matter what. Whether they spend that money on Trevor Bauer or elsewhere remains to be seen. Now, what it comes down to for me, I think Trevor Bauer is going to go to uh, a big dark horse team. A team that is going to come out of nowhere and make a big signing here. I'm penciling it in for the Brewers. I'm going to say four years, $125 million. Uh, The Brewers have the money to spend. They've got Ryan Braun coming off the books here. Um, I I don't know. I I think the Brewers are in a position to go and get a big big free agent starter and get a big starter. They can throw him in with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, and it significantly improves the rotation, which is something that they've desperately needed. Uh, Because this is a borderline, you know, this is not a borderline. It is a playoff team, the Brewers. Um, but they could be a borderline contender if they get an ace. And that is what has eluded them for, for a number of years now, is the lack of a bona fide ace. If they were to go and get uh, Trevor Bauer, they steal him from a, uh, from a, a division rival, um, and I, I, think, I think really puts them in contention for the NL Central if they go and get him, along with the lineup that they already have with, with Christian Yelich and Keston Hura, Avisiel Garcia. This is a good team, uh, and and it and, and it's only better 
if the if you add and that's not to not to forget Lorenzo Cain either uh, in that lineup. Uh, excuse me, but they already have a, a very solid bullpen headed by Josh Hader uh, and Brett Suter, um, but and Devin Williams, who uh, is a uh, Rookie of the Year candidate. Um, yeah, I mean they've got a really good bullpen. They just need that ace, and so that's why I have them coming coming in out of nowhere and getting Trevor Bauer. Um, that's going to move me to number two, who's the, the biggest hitter on the market, and that is JT Real Muto. I talked about the Mets briefly. The Mets, to me, with the new owner, Steve Cohen, with the deep pockets, is in a position to go and make a splash. Uh, it seems like Sandy Alderson is going to be making the moves this offseason, considering they don't have a GM now after they fired Bro- Brody Van Wagenen. So this is all on Sandy. Uh, and Steve Cohen, and and you know to really make an impact here after uh, after buying the franchise from the Wilpons, who are uh, you know famously stingy, you go and you make a big a big splash in free agency. With that, we kind of look at JT Real Muto, who's obviously the best catcher on the market uh, by far. He's the best catcher in Major League Baseball. Um, you know he uh, he's going to be turning thirty in. 30 years old in March. The average catcher checks in with a weighted runs created plus at 90. JT Real Muto, since 2018, has a 118 weighted runs created plus. So that's obviously higher than the league average of 90. Um, and, and this year had a mark of 125. So, uh, I mean, it, it tells you pretty much everything you need to know about how good he is. Now, he was really good for the Phillies. Uh, so much so that Bryce Harper has been campaigning heavily uh, to ownership to re-sign uh, JT Real Muto. Now, it, whether that happened remains to be seen. They offered him the qualifying offer, so that, and of course, the qualifying offer is that uh, if the player who rec- who uh, receives a qualifying offer rejects it and then signs elsewhere. Uh, the team who lost that player receives a, comp- a compensatory draft pick. Um, so, yeah, uh, John Middleton, the Phillies owner, has has stated that they want to re-sign JT Real Muto, but it seems like they're going to have a very quiet offseason this year after going hard at Bryce Harper a year ago. Um, but like I said, Harper has been advocating heavily for JT Real Muto to be re-signed. He's stated that the Phillies need him to compete uh, and to and to be a contender. Um, I think they need uh, a lot more than just right JT Real Muto. I think they need probably about three good bullpen arms this year, and potentially a middle of the rotation starter. But uh, you know, and Real Muto has stated uh, that he wants to stay in Philly. Um, but if the money is not there, and the money is in New York which is a place that he has said he does not want to play, um, then, according to his agent, he will go to New York if that is where the high-money offer is. I, I think there's a really good shot that they go and get JT Real Muto. Other possibilities for them, gonna, other possibilities for him, going to be the Phillies, obviously. The Reds, I think, are going to be maybe in the market for a catcher. Or, uh, the Cardinals, who have Yadier Molina uh, as, a, as a free agent now. Um, and... Who knows? May look elsewhere. I think they're probably just going to re-sign Yachty. Um, and the Yankees is a dark horse for a catcher. They have extremely inconsistent play from Gary Sanchez. And, and this, is, this isn't this is just this year. 
This is the last two years now, maybe three years, that he's really played poorly. Um, awful defense and just awful at bats every every single game. Um, and when you're in a chase for a championship, you really can't be having that, having your, your franchise catcher struggle. Um, one of the things that I, I really have, have quoted was um, back after the 2017 season, when the Yankees lost in the ALCS to the uh, cheating Astros, Joe Girardi had a meeting with Brian Cashman and the Steinbrenners and said that Gary Sanchez is not the franchise catcher for the Yankees. He was fired because of that, because they were so heavily invested in Gary Sanchez. Well, we look now, and Joe Girardi wasn't wrong. He was right. Gary Sanchez is not the franchise catcher for the Yankees. You cannot have a franchise catcher who over the who who since July of 2019 has hit about 160. Um, sure, he's gonna dry, he's gonna get a hold of one every once in a while, but can you really bank on that when he's striking out and at an alarming rate, walking at a much lower rate, uh, and and simply simply underperforming? This is a guy who had a 69 OPS plus this year and batted 147. You can't account for the possibility that he might run into one every once in a while, you know? Uh, especially when you've got, you know, you've, you've got Kyle Higashioka outperforming him, basically. Um, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's kind of unacceptable. Um, so they may be in a tough decision as to whether or not they cut bait with Gary Sanchez this year, whether or not they trade him for uh, pieces, see what they can get for him at this point. Obviously, his trade value is extremely low. Um, but if they were to package him in a prospect, uh, maybe somebody can buy low on him and, uh, and the Yankees can get a pitcher in return. However, to do that, they really would have to try to sign JT Real Muto. And as we'll get to in a little bit, the Yankees don't have much money right now. Uh, so that's probably a very long shot. I'm going to have him going to the Mets at five years, $125 million. Third, we've got George Springer uh, coming up from the Astros. George Springer is a really interesting guy. Since 2019, he has a 153 weighted runs created plus. Uh, he is 31 years old. That's a, that's a little uh, that's a little iffy. Um, now, obviously, the there is the issue that he was implicated in the uh, in the Astros sign stealing scandal and Tony Adams examination of uh, 58 of their regular season home games, revealed 131 trash can bangs during Springer plate appearances that year, uh, which was the second most on the team. During that season, his his strikeout rate dropped to a career best, though he did better that mark in 2020, presumably without cheating. Um, so this is a guy in that aspect that I'm not really concerned about in terms of how good he is without cheating, as evidenced by his performance the last two years. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be in on him, I think. I think you could see the Cardinals in on him. I think the Astros are obviously going to be in on him again. He did receive a qualifying offer, so if he does sign somewhere else, the Astros will get a compensatory draft pick. Uh, but like I said, I, I'm not I'm not uh, locking out the Astros as a possibility. I think it makes a lot of sense. You could uh, Obviously, it makes a lot of sense. But you could also see maybe the White Sox, uh, if he plays right field uh, full-time. Uh, the Mets make, make a lot of sense, but I, I don't think they're going to get both 
JT Real Muto or, and George Springer. I think they will get one or the other. So uh, the Phillies also make sense as they kind of have a hole in center field. Adam Hazley has not really uh, done it. Um, I, and I think they're looking for an answer there because they're, you know, they're, they want to get in contention soon. Um, I believe I said the Cardinals. Uh, the other team that really makes sense to me that I have him going to are the Red Sox. Um, he grew up in Connecticut, very close to New England, uh, in the, in the New England area, um, and uh, has a lot of family in the area. Every time he plays in Boston, he has like 80 family members in the stadium. Um, so that's the thing that kind of just makes sense to me, is seeing him go to a place that's kind of close to home. Um, the, it just makes a lot of sense for him. Next, we've got Marcelo Zuna uh, coming up after his uh, one-year deal with the Braves, in which he went off. Um, he put up a 179 weighted runs created plus. That was third in all of baseball this past season. He led the uh, the National League with 18 home runs and 56 RBIs in 60 games. Uh, yeah, he, this guy was in the 96th percentile of exit velocity, 97th percentile of hard hit rate, and 94th percentile of barrel rate. Uh, so he's he had an insane year. Uh, bet on himself on a one-year deal, um, played significantly better than he did with the Cardinals in 2018 and 19, and uh, assuming, here's the thing, is assuming that there's going to be a DH in the NL will be huge for him because um, it will open up even more jobs that are going to be available to him. As it stands, uh, you know, he otherwise he would really have to play the field if he goes back to the NL. I do think that with the MLBPA, they are going to be fighting for the NL to adopt the the DH full-time in 2021, um, only because it, it opens up 15 more jobs for major league hitters this every year. Um, I, I think that's significant. I think players really liked that this year, and there are a lot of anonymous players and, and anonymous uh, NL uh, executives who have said that they think there's going to be the, DL, the DH uh, full-time because of how much... It helps. It helps. Uh, you know, players find full time jobs and, and better pay uh, and a bigger pay raise because of that. So that does open it up. I do have him going to the AL though. But first, I think uh, some teams that are going to be in on him would be the Braves, would be the Giants, the Astros make a lot of sense, especially if they were to lose George Springer, um, and maybe the Nationals make some sense here. Um, but especially if there's an NLDH. Um, but I've got him going to the White Sox. Four years, $70 million. Um, he's going to take He's going to take a deal like that. He's going to fill that DH uh, hole for Chicago, um, where Edwin Encarnacion was horrible, uh, to put it politely. Um, yeah, I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's a really good fit for him. That's where I've got him going. I'm going to move on to DJ LeMahieu. This is where we get back to the whole deal with the Yankees. So DJ uh, DJ was fourth in all of baseball with a 177 weighted runs created plus this year. Uh, last year, in 2019, he finished fourth in the MVP voting. This year, we know he's at least top three in the MVP voting because uh, he finished as an MVP finalist. I think there's good reason to believe that he may be the front runner for the AL MVP. Uh, you look at the Yankee season, and 
you know, without him, I, especially with all the injuries they had, without him, I don't know that they make it to the to the playoffs. You you see how they faltered uh, down the you know down the run uh, in, in in August. He rarely strikes out. He had a 9.7 K percentage that ranked second in baseball last year, uh, or this year rather, excuse me. Uh, won his second batting title this year. He had his power increase with the Yankees. Obviously, that's through Yankee Stadium. Uh, he had the third worst average home run distance in NLB in 2020 um, at 360 feet. It's not clear that his power is going to translate well everywhere, but he's squaring up the ball and he's hit. He, he, you know, this is a guy who hit 364 this year in a 60 game season. Uh, play, of course, played uh, 50 games due to injury. But 364 coming off last year, he hit 327. With the Yankees, he's at a 135 OPS plus and a 177 OPS plus. Um, not, not at all a stretch to say he's had the two best years of his career with the Yankees. Now he's going to be 32 years old going into free agency uh, for the second time of his, in his career, and I think he's going to make bank. Now here's the issue that comes with the Yankees. They're obviously going to try to, to, to lock him up. They need him. I don't think it's in any any you know uh, exaggeration to say that he is the heart and soul of the Yankees team. Um, they are far worse without him. You can see any game that you watch how important he is to a team, especially to the Yankees. Um, now here's the issue with the Yankees payroll: the Steinbrenners only own the Yankees, so they have taken a significant hit monetarily. And economically, this season with the with the pandemic, now, uh, according to those in the know, I know Joel Sherman has reported that after arbitration figures are done and options, uh, they are probably going to have about twenty million dollars to spend. So the issue with that is that they offered him the qualifying offer, which he is sure to reject. In which case, they will likely offer him a contract in the range of like three years. 50 million something like that and say hey if you think you can get a better deal than this on the free agent market then go find it uh but otherwise we'll be here so that's kind of uh that's kind of an issue here is he's in line to make a lot of money but we don't know what the economics are with the pandemic um you figure those those previous three bauer real muto and springer are bound to make bound to break 100 million but i think those guys are the only ones that will break 100 million because teams are hurt economically overall um i think he's got some options obviously the yankees i think there's reason to, to believe that the mets might be in on him uh especially to steal him from their crosstown rivals it just makes a lot of sense they can place him at second base if the dh is there that opens up cano and dominic smith to dh you can shift uh Jeff McNeil to third or left field. Uh, you know, you go get a center fielder. I do have them getting one later on. Um, you, go, you go get a center fielder. Right field, you have Conforto. You've got Nimmo who can shift in and out uh, as the fourth outfielder. Um, the, and and LeMahieu also gives a lot of versatility because he plays second, he plays third, he plays first. Um, he, he's a really unbelievable guy to have. But yeah, I've got obviously the Yankees, the Mets... I think the Rangers are a really good fit. It just depends on if they're willing to spend money. And I think they should. I think they should be going out there right now with that brand new stadium uh, that just hosted the World Series 
and going out and getting a big free agent so that you have an identity. Because that's something that the Rangers are missing is an identity. Uh, they've got Joey Gallo, and who else? They've got Elvis Andrews, who sucks. They've got Rufnet Odor, who sucks. They need to replace... They, they've got to move on at some point from that guy. And what better way to move on than with the presumptive to that 2020 AL MVP, DJ LeMahieu? But I'm not going to go that far right now because I don't have him going to the Rangers. But that is a big a big question mark there. I, I, I just think it's a really good fit. Um, the Cardinals are an option. They just got rid of Colton Wong. He fits right into that lineup. The Dodgers are an option. You, the Dodgers always always do ridiculous things. The Angels are an option. But uh, I, I have him going, and this is really interesting to me, I have him going to the Washington Nationals. Um, I think the Nationals are going to be in a position to spend. They're the 2019 World Series champions, finished in fourth place in the NL East this year, 26-34. and 34. They're going to want to go and make a big splash. They had Luis Garcia playing primarily uh, 40 games at second base. He was pretty bad um, with a 78 OPS plus uh, and just a 60, 668 OPS. I don't know. You put him alongside Trey Turner in the middle of that in the middle of the infield and in that lineup at the top of that lineup. Um, I think it opens things up for you, and it opens things up for guys like uh, Juan Soto and, like I just said, Trey Turner. Um, and maybe take some pressure off the, the, the rookie third baseman, Carter Keeboom, who had a very disappointing season. Yeah, I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense because otherwise you don't have to rely on a guy like Ezreal Cabrera, uh, who is a free agent now. Howie Kendrick is gone as well. He's a free agent. So they're going to make a signing somewhere in here. Um, and I think it's going to be a big name. And I, I think LeMahieu fits really well. I'm going to have him getting four years, $92 million. I think he fits really well in that lineup. And like I said, he, he kind of opens everything up for, for Juan Soto. He opens everything up for Victor Robles. Uh, yeah, I, he he makes a ton of sense here. Um, and I hate to say, obviously as a Yankee fan, I hate to say that I think he's going to go elsewhere, but I just don't see how the Yankees afford him if all the if, if everything about their, their money issues are, is correct. Um, so next we move on to Marcus Stroman who received a qualifying offer from the Mets, didn't play a game, didn't pitch a game this year with the Mets um, because he opted out after injuring himself in spring training, but he opted out of the season. Yeah, he's he is an interesting guy because his body of work should position him well in the offseason, in a weak market for free agent starting pitching. He, he posted a, a 3-2-2 ERA in 2019, but that is... For the most part, an anomaly. I mean, he is a three seven six uh, career pitcher, but in twenty nineteen he was coming off a, a five five four ERA season, which was coming off of a three oh nine ERA season, which was coming off a four three seven ERA season. I don't know. He's obviously a good pitcher. I don't think he's an ace. I think he's an. I think he's a really nice two or three, but uh, I, I have a team that's I think is going to go get him as if he's an ace. Um, as if he's going to fix all their problems. And uh, first, first his options. I think the Braves make sense because I think they're going to go get a middle-tier pitcher. I think the Giants make sense because they're going to go get a... I think they can add to a pitcher, um, even though they will be signing one for sure. And I think the Marlins make sense. Uh, the Marlins had, a, obviously, a really surprising year. And the Marlins are a team that I'm going to speak in-depth about uh, in the coming days. You'll see that on here. Um, but in the Marlins rotation, 
you've got Sixto Sanchez, the emergence of him. You've got Daniel Castano, the emer- you know he had an uh, excellent season, a three three oh three ERA in seven games. Uh, and Sandy Alcantara had a three ERA in seven games. So they're looking really good. This is a team, obviously, that made the playoffs. Um, you've also got Pablo Lopez at, at you know three six one ERA. All these guys are twenty five and under. Um, so this is really huge for a franchise like the Marlins. I think if they go get a veteran starting pitcher to sort of anchor that rotation, I think it's kind of huge. Um, I, I do think they will get a pitcher. I, I I don't I don't know if it will be Stroman. Um, but it's definitely an interesting location for him. Um, I do have him going out west. I'm going to the Angels. Four years, $70 million. Uh, the Angels desperately need to get a pitcher. They, they've been so bad for so long and have had no starting pitching to speak of. Uh, this is a team with now former general manager Billy Epler uh, having put basically nothing into the rotation for years. Uh, you have, you know, Dylan Bundy came out of nowhere and had the best year of his career. So he'll be back there, obviously. Uh, Griffin Canning is solid. Um, 399 ERA uh, this past year. Um, but I, th- I, I think they're going to go get a pitcher because they need to. Uh, they work as if Andrew Heaney is their ace. He is not an ace. He's a guy who who just threw a 4-4-6 uh, ERA, 101 ERA plus, gave up 33 earned runs in 66 and two-third innings this year. He's a middle-of-the-rotation guy through and through. Um, I think they're going to go get a starting pitcher. I think they're going to get Stroman. I think Stroman is not going to do well in, in L.A. for four years, uh, but I think that's where he's going to go. I, I, I just don't, I don't see that, that going well for some reason. Uh, this seems like a guy who sort of wears out his welcome everywhere he goes. Um, we saw it in Toronto, and we saw it very quickly in New York. Um, yeah, uh, th- that's a really interesting one for me. Next, we've got Didi Gregorius, who had an excellent season with the Phillies. He, he bet on himself on a one-year deal, um, the one-year $14 million deal with the Phillies. Uh, he delivered a full and healthy season with a 116 weighted runs created plus. Uh, he clearly had the best season out of the big uh, three sh- shortstops on the market this winter. So in that, he's definitely going to get the biggest contract. Now, uh, the Phillies did not give him a qualifying offer. So this really helps his market because there's nothing attached to him. There are no draft pick compensations adre- uh, 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 attached to him. Um, a reunion with the Phillies is absolutely possible. Uh, to, re- to return and play for Joe Girardi again, who he's played so well with th- throughout his career with the Yankees and now the Phillies. The Angels make sense uh, because of a, a, a you know a, the need in terms of Angelton Simmons coming off the market. Uh, I, I don't know you know to have a, to have a, a big bat like that, especially a lefty bat in that lineup, really changes things for them. Uh, it's something I could really see. I don't know if it's definitely going to happen. And also, um, I think the Yankees are a possibility. He said he doesn't think so. I kind of think it's a possibility because if LeMahieu goes elsewhere, I think they shift Torres to second. I think they go get a shortstop. Their top priority should be Didi because of his familiarity there. He's played really well with the Yankees, especially in Yankee Stadium through his career. And they need a lefty bat, desperately. They need a lefty bat to break some stuff up in that order. So Didi would be the obvious fit. I have him going 
back to a team, not the Yankees, but I've got him going to the Cincinnati Reds on a three-year, $40 million deal. The reason being is that at some point you've got to move on from Freddie Galvis, you know? Uh, Freddie's a free agent this year now, um, but they've had a, a lack of production from him at that position. Um, it seems for so long they have lacked in a, a real uh, a real shortstop, uh, a real franchise shortstop, which I think Didi can be for them. Um, so I've got Didi going to the Reds. That's a team obviously he started his career with, um, but it, it just sort of it just sort of makes sense that sense that fit, especially again a lefty bat in that stadium is going to be huge, and in that lineup is going to be huge. Next is a quick one. We've got Kevin Gaussman with the Giants. Had a really good year. Was given a qualifying offer. Uh, I think he's going to accept that qualifying offer because he's going to have a tough time. He just doesn't have the track record to get to garner a big contract. Um, and I think the eighteen point nine million dollar uh, average salary for the one year deal is higher than any average salary he's going to get. So he might take this uh, because, especially with a with a draft compensation attached to him, it may make it very hard for him to sign. Um, he, he may end up being like Dallas Keuchel uh, back two years ago when he took the one-year deal with, with Atlanta back, you know, come June. Um, I think that's something that could happen to him as well. Next, we're going to have Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, obviously the Yankee, longtime Yankee now. Here's the deal with Tanaka. is He's been so rock-solid for him there, for his entire Yankee career. Um, he peaked with a seventh-place Cy Young finish in 2016. He's averaged 30 starts a year from 2016 to 2019. Um, I, he, he had a healthy 2020 season, but, uh, season, but obviously it was shortened. Um, he's not as exciting as he was seven years ago when he came into the league. Um, but, he, you know, he's going to draw a lot of interest as a guy who posts a sub-4 ERA every year, um, and especially doing it for the Yankees every year. Um and also, he has not been tagged with a qualifying offer, so that makes his market extremely valuable. So enter teams like the Braves, like I mentioned before, who are going to be going for a mid-rotation arm. I think the Mets could be a possibility to go for a mid-rotation arm. The Cubs, uh, the Giants, the Angels, the Red Sox, the White Sox, all those seem like potential suitors. The Phillies, all those seem like potential suitors. Ultimately, I do have him staying with the Yankees. There's the familiarity there. Um, and obviously, he's a, he's a fan favorite. He's a clubhouse favorite. I'm going to say three years, $35 million to stay with the Yankees. His, his numbers have been good all, all over. Uh, aside from this year, he's been a terrific playoff pitcher. Um, I, I, just, I, I just like the fit for him. He's 32 years old now, so I don't think he's going to get a very long-term deal. I think three years is probably the cap for him. Um, and, and, and he's also stayed healthy his whole career. So that's something that's going to be huge. Um, but if he can re-sign, if the Yankees are able to re-sign him, I think it's going to be big because uh, they need to add pitching to that rotation. Uh, and especially they can't afford to lose him if they don't if they don't add anybody. So on top of that, we're going to move next now to uh, Jake Odorizzi. Uh, from the Twins, um, he uh, a year ago uh, chose to accept the qualifying offer of seventeen point eight million dollars, and now twenty twenty did not go as planned as he as he thought. Uh, he started the season on the IL for a back injury. Uh, he made it back for three stars. He was hit in the chest by a batted ball, which resulted in an abdomen injury. 
knocked him out another month. He had one start in, in September. That was cut short by a blister, and he never pitched again. So it was a very lost season of 13 and two-thirds innings uh, and a 6.59 ERA. So I, I don't think he's I don't think he's really in line for a big contract. I do think Odorizzi's a pretty solid pitcher. Um, he's averaged 30 starts a year for six years, uh, aside from now. Obviously, I do think he could get a multi-year deal, especially in this market. I think options for him could be. Seems like the Blue Jays, though the Blue Jays may be out now after re-signing Robbie Ray. I think they're probably done adding to the rotation. They, they could get another arm, but I, I'd say less likely. Um, so the Blue Jays, the Yankees are a possibility. The Angels are a possibility. But ultimately, I have him going to the Mets. Two years, $22 million. Put him, uh, you know, the third spot in the rotation behind uh, DeGrom and Syndergaard. Um, I think that kind of really, really solidifies them a little bit there. Uh, we're going to move to a reliever. That's Liam Hendricks. He's a, he's the uh, closer for the Athletics. Uh, had a great season again. Two years in a row now. Uh, in 2019, he had a 180 ERA. This year, he had a 178 ERA. Uh, ERA plus of 237 and 235 the last two years. Uh, a guy who uh, strikes out a ton of batters, doesn't walk anybody, doesn't give up runs, He's, he's just so good. He's been so good uh, for so long at this point that he's the best reliever on the free agent market by far. He's going to be 32 in February, 13.1 K through 9 ratio, 2.0 walk through 9 ratio, and an 0.49 home run through 9 ratio over 110 and a third innings uh, in 2019. Yeah, he's just, he's, he's the, one of the best closers in the league. This is a guy who is bound to find interest from pretty much everybody in the league. Um, I don't think that's a stretch to say. So, you know, in terms of who's going to have interest, I think the Mets, I think the Marlins, the Astros, Angels, Nats, Mariners. Ultimately, I have him going to the team that needs relief pitching more than anybody else, and that's the Phillies. Uh, three years, $30 million. They can afford it. I think they're going to, especially if they miss out on Real Muto, they're going to allocate a lot of that money into the bullpen because they need to fix those holes. Next, I'm going to go to Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton has been one of the best pitchers in baseball over the last couple of years. You know, Two years ago, he signed a two-year $30 million free agent deal. He was lights out for them. He was lights out in the World Series this year in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a hot commodity, but... He has suggested retirement uh, several times now. It seems like it seems like it's really just the raise of the Braves for him. So I'm gonna say, uh, it, it, you know, it's gonna be one of those two teams. I'm gonna say he, he makes sense with the Braves. Uh, you could have him be that guy in the middle of that rotation for them, uh, and especially a veteran. Uh, I'm gonna say Braves one year, ten million. We're gonna move to. Michael Brantley, who is coming off a year in which he hit 300, 126 OPS plus. Year before that, 126 OPS plus. Um, he's just an extremely consistent hitter, always has been. Going to give you a great at bat every time. He still plays some solid defense. Um, getting up there in age, obviously, he's 34. Uh, so, well, going to be 34 in May, so come the start of the season. I don't have him getting a very long term deal. I have him getting two years again, and I'm going to have him going to the Braves. Uh, you know, he's going to fill that spot left by uh, Nick Markakis uh, and Marcelo Zuna leaving. 
I have him, you know, you, you lock him up in right field uh, or, le- or left field, honestly. It really doesn't matter. He hasn't played much right field, so in that case, I would put him in left. Uh, I would say that the White Sox make sense, but he would have to play right field, and he's only played like eight games in that his entire career. I have him sticking at left or DHing. Um, so if the DH is there, boom, you've got you've got a professional hitter in Michael Brantley at DH and for you in, in Atlanta. Otherwise, he can still play the field for you. You've got Christian Pache, who you can have in center field. Obviously, you've got Ronald Acuna Jr. in right field. There's a lot you can do here. But I'm going to have him getting two years, $25 million. I do see some interest from the Cardinals. I do see some interest from the Astros to keep him, the Cubs. Um, but that's pretty much it, unless unless it's confirmed that there's going to be DH in the NL, in which case I think that opens up to teams like the Nationals, uh, yeah, teams like the Dodgers. Who knows? Next is Justin Turner. Uh, this is really quick. I think he's staying with the Dodgers. There's no way that they let him go. Two years, let's say $26 million. After that, we've got Marcus Simeon. Uh, he was a really interesting guy because he goes from a third-place MVP finish in 2019 uh, to just an awful season in 2020 at the plate. He hit 223, 305, 374 slash line um, in 53 games. Just wasn't good. Uh, I mean, it, it's clear that his 2019 season was an anomaly. It's his only season in his career with an OPS plus above 100. So, you know, it's not clear what people were expecting. I think people maybe were just expecting him to continue that. Maybe they thought 2019 he figured something out, but um, it doesn't seem that way. And now uh, now he kind of went back to earth. So, you know, I think he's going to be getting a one-year deal. I think you'll see interest from uh, the A's to keep him. Uh, the Phillies are a possibility to, to sign him, especially if they lose Didi in free agency. I think the Reds are a possibility. I think the Yankees are a possibility. As I said before, I think they could be going for a shortstop, especially if DJ leaves. But ultimately, I'm going to have him go into the Angels. One year, $12 million. Um, I think those are possibilities. Uh, there's possibilities there because, uh, you know, the Angels can take a shot on him. I think they are going to lose to Angleton Simmons. Um, they can take a shot on him there and, uh, and, and see where they can go. Uh, next, we've got James McCann, one of the most underrated catchers in baseball. Made the All-Star team for the White Sox in 2019. The last two years have been exceptional. 108 OPS+, plus, 144 OPS+. Plus. Uh, he slashed 289, 360, 536 this year. He has been excellent. Like I said, one of the real unsung players in the league. Uh, I think one of the best catchers, one of the most underrated catchers. Um, I think he's going to be in for a, a fairly, you know, a fairly comfortable payday uh, and pay raise. Um, he's a good catcher. He shuts down the run game. Uh, his pitch framing is his weakness, but uh, you know, according, uh, he, he's been working with Jerry Nar- uh, Naren the, uh, the last uh, last off season and found improvement there. He was able to demonstrate 88th percentile framing in uh, 245 and two-third innings this year. Because of that, I think a three-year deal might be a possibility. A two-year deal might be likelier. Um, but f- I think what's for sure is he's going to be leaving the White Sox uh, because he's going to get a starting t- catching job without a doubt. I think possibilities for him may be the Mets in case they if they don't get JT Real Muto. Obviously, here I have them getting him. The Reds, because again, like I said, I think the Reds are going to be going and getting a catcher. The Cardinals, obviously, Yadier Molina might might not be there. The Marlins are possible. 
the Yankees are possible, especially if they decide to, to move on from, from Gary Sanchez. But ultimately, I have him going to, to the Phillies. Three years, $30 million, identical contract to Liam Hendricks. Um, in this scenario, obviously, I have them losing JT Rio Muto. I have them replacing him with James McCann, still an extremely serviceable catcher, still one of the best catchers in baseball. Um, and I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's a move there for them that's going to help them out significantly, especially if they lose JT Rio Muto. And it also, that, you know, signing a catcher to that contract rather than to JT Rio Muto's contract offers them the, the flexibility to go get more relief pitching and even starting pitching. Next, we've got the uh, the we've got uh, Angelton Simmons um, coming off uh, a year with the Angels um, in which he was below average uh, offensively. He he hit for average 297, but his OPS plus was 95 last year. His OPS plus was 78. The defense is still there. He's still one of the best defend uh, defenders at, at shortstop in the league. Uh, that's not a, that's just not a question. the The issue is is his bat. He's getting up there. He's gonna be you know he's thirty one, gonna be thirty two at some point next season. Not that that's a, a big worry, um, but uh, you know it is something you worry about with with MLB shortstops. Uh, again, I think he's you know similar to Didi and Marcus Simeon. Uh, not issued a qualifying offer, but he's gonna fit with a lot of teams. I think the Angels could bring him back the a's in you know in case they lose marcus simeon which i think they will the reds unless they get dd which i have them doing the phillies make sense ultimately i have him going to the yankees one year 10 million dollars they put him in at shortstop solidify them defensively is is a big defensive upgrade from glaber torres who, who goes back to second base where he played better in his career so far uh quite frankly so those are that's that's i think the most realistic option we move on to Jock Peterson, who's going to be 29 in April, still young. Just last year in 2019, he hit 36 home runs. Uh, that's the fourth time he hit 20, over 25 uh, home runs. He was nearly traded to the Angels in February, of course, but uh, that trade fell through when Artie Marino decided not to do it. Um, I think that was very foolish. He really didn't find his swing playing in the Dodgers platoon uh, this year in left field. He had a career-worst 88 weighted runs created plus. I don't think that there's any reason to uh, to think that that's something that's going to last. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who is a 132 weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching uh, from 2015 to 2019, which is 21st in all of baseball. He's a great hitter, great home run hitter. Um, I don't have him getting a long-term deal. I have him getting a two-year deal. Uh, teams that could be in there on him are the White Sox, the Giants, the Astros. I think the Rangers are a possibility again. Cardinals are a possibility as well. Ultimately, I've got him going to the Tigers. Two years, $19 million. I don't know. I just think it's a really interesting fit. The Tigers are going to be looking to get some some veteran guys, uh, guys with major league experience, to shore up that roster. And maybe it's a good place for him to bounce back. And maybe it's a good place for him, for him to get regular at-bats. Something that he hasn't had in, in, in L.A. in a couple of years now. I don't know. Maybe it's just, I think that's just an interesting spot that works for him. Uh, next we've got Jose Quintana. Um, this, this is a guy I'm not a big fan of. Uh, he only pitched 10 innings for the Cubs this year due to thumb surgery and lat inflammation. But, I mean, ultimately, uh, I, I just haven't been a fan of him at all, you know, in general. He was he was very solid with the White Sox. Got traded to the Cubs. Since then, has not had an ERA under four. 
I think he's I think he's an extremely average pitcher. I I don't like the hype around him. Yeah, I I just never have. Um, I think he's an extremely average pitcher, like I said. Uh, I think a reunion with the Cubs could happen. Probably not. Um, The Red Sox make sense. I do think they're going to go get a pitcher. Um, The Blue Jays make some sense. But, again, maybe not after getting Robbie Ray. But they could get another one, but maybe not. The Angels make sense. The Braves make sense. The Mets make sense. Those probably are the teams that are going to be in on him. Um, I've got him going to the Giants on a two-year, $16 million deal. Just kind of makes sense. This is a, Giants are a borderline playoff team. They could use some help in the rotation. I think, like I said, they're going to keep Kevin Gaussman. Um, but it makes sense to get a veteran arm, uh, especially a lefty arm there um, in Jose Quintana. Next, we've got Nelson Cruz. Uh, just to keep it very simple, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's staying with the Twins one year, $16 million. Um, he's been too good for them. Uh, and too good overall in general. Uh, you know, this past season, uh, at age 40, he posted a 164 weighted runs created plus with 16 home runs. 40 years old. There's just no reason for them to, to move away from this relationship. If he does, maybe he goes to the White Sox. If they, if they don't get Marcelo Zuna, obviously I have them getting Marcelo Zuna. The Rays could make some sense as a full-time DH, but other than that, I really don't see it unless the NL opens up uh, the DH. In which case, maybe a team like the Rockies seems like a possibility for him. But right now, we don't know if that's happening. Right now, I'm keeping him with the Twins, one year, $16 million. Next, we've got Jackie Bradley Jr., a uh, really interesting player uh, because... Uh, he just had a really great year. He's a great defensive uh, defensive center fielder, um, absolutely. He just had one of the best offensive seasons of his career uh, at a 118 OPS plus slash 283, 364, 450. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but I, I you know really really liked what I saw from him this year, and also had one of the best seasons in his career in terms of WAR. In, you know, in only a 55-game season, he had a 1.8 war. If that goes over a full season, we're looking at a 5.3 war, which would be second-best uh, second season in his career. And he's a really good uh, buy-low candidate because this, his issue is his track record, that he hasn't really done this quite a bit and, and hit this well quite a bit. He's always had the glove. That's always been an asset for him. Um, teams that I think are going to be looking at him are the Astros, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies. Uh, the team I have getting him would be the New York Mets. Two years, $16 million. You slot him in center field. You've got a, you've got, finally got your defensive center fielder. You've got a guy that can hit, according to this past season. Uh, he can hit, and, and maybe, this is the, maybe this is a prove-it deal. Um, but you, you do that, you solidify center field, which is something the Mets have needed to do for years. Um, we're going to move on to James Paxton. Who I originally had going to the uh, going to the Blue Jays, but again with Robbie Ray re-signing, I don't know if that's possibility. Um, this is a guy who uh, was really hindered by injuries this year and inconsistency. Pitched to a six six four ERA and five starts with the Yankees, only twenty in the third innings. By far the worst year of his career, but it seems like it was really just injuries. I don't see a reunion with the Yankees as being possible. Um, I think the Phillies are a possibility. I think the Giants are a possibility. The Red Sox, the White Sox, the Padres, the Brewers. Um, 
the Braves. I, I do think he'll have a market. I do think he'll have a significant one. I think he'll end up going to the Phillies. Um, maybe on a one-year deal, one-year, $8 million kind of prove-it deal. Uh, I think that works out in his favor. Uh, and it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting place for him to be. Next, we're going to have Taiwan Walker. Uh, came off a, a pretty good season, honestly. He's a guy that's been was a highly touted prospect for years um, and, uh, and came over to Toronto uh, from Seattle at the trade deadline. Uh, through a 137 ERA and six games started, uh, three good for a 325 ERA plus. Uh, obviously, spent time in Seattle and Arizona. A lot of inconsistency. Uh, career 384 ERA pitcher. Um, I, I do have him getting a multi-year deal. Not very many. Two years. Um, I, I'll see interest from the White Sox, the Padres, the Giants, the Mets. The Yankees are a possibility. The Phillies are a possibility. The Braves are a possibility. But ultimately, I've got him going to Boston. I think that fit is really, really nice. He fits into that rotation right in the middle there, uh, right in the two, like two, three spot for them um, on a two-year, fifteen million dollar deal. I think he really helps them out there. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Then we've got Colton Wong, uh, second baseman, coming off of a. Uh, Cardinals decision to decline his twelve and a half million dollar uh, club option, um, which is a surprise to some, but a pretty reasonable outcome, I think. Um, Wong's a good a good second baseman and a good guy to have. Uh, he's a good guy that you can talk yourself into. Um, he's got a track record of being able to hit a bit of a slap hitter. Can run into a couple home runs. Twenty nineteen, he hit eleven, uh, drove in fifty nine runs. Um, yeah, but his game is defense, and his game is uh, his game is versatility. Uh, he just won his second straight Gold Glove this year at second base in the NL, uh, and 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 yeah, like I said, his game is really versatility because he can play second base. He also he also plays the outfield, um, although he really hasn't seen the outfield in, in the last four years. He's pretty much played primarily second base since 2017. But uh, that, that experience and versatility really helps him out there. Um, I have him going to the Red Sox on a one-year deal, $7 million, only because Dustin Pedroia is never going to play again. Uh, and, I, and, and I think the Red Sox are in a position to sort of get a couple of those uh, you know, one-year prove-it uh, prove deals. They just tried it with uh, Jose Peraza, uh, and that didn't work out. Um, they could use a second baseman with experience to go across from uh, Xander. Obviously, they've got Devers at third. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, you know. I think it's just an interesting move. They've got the rookie, Jonathan Arauz, who, uh, again, you know, he played 25 games, so it was a significant uh, portion size, but it was over 60-game season. Hit 250, 75 OPS+. Plus. Um, I, I just think they're going to get somebody who's a little more stable there at, sh- at second base. I think Colton Wong makes a lot of sense. Give him a one-year deal, $7 million. Um, lastly, we've got Brad Hand, who has been one of the best relievers in baseball over the, the last number of years. And even this year, uh, he had a superb season. 2.05 ERA, 33.7 K percentage, 4.7 walk percentage. Uh, all those uh, 
you know, his ERA was 22nd in MLB. His strikeout percentage was 18th in Major League Baseball. His walk percentage was 11th in Major League Baseball. Since 2016, when he joined the Padres bullpen, he has uh, thrown 320 innings of 2.70 ERA ball. Really odd decision for the Indians to uh, re- uh, reject his club option for $10 million. Seems like, and, and then he passed through waivers at that price. So it, it really doesn't make much sense. Um, to me, uh, he's obviously an excellent reliever. I think he'll have interest from several teams. Uh, among those, I think the Marlins, the Astros, the Mets, the Giants. I think the team that's going to get him is a team that already went and got a free agent here, and that's going to be the Phillies. Uh, I, I think for the Phillies, they're going to find that they can never have enough free a- free agent relievers, especially with how their season went last year. Um, they had a lead in something like 45 games that they played and the bullpen blew a quite a quite a number of those. Um, Brad Hand, Phillies, two years, fourteen million dollars. That's it for my predictions here. Uh, you know, obviously wanted to go sort of extensively in detail with the top ten, just sort of run down the bottom fifteen otherwise. Um, but I, that's that's the way I've got it going there. We'll see how it goes. But uh, thank you very much for listening. It's good to be back. And uh, I'm excited about what I've got coming through the pipelines here. Again, thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Charging the Mound. Um, my personal Instagram is at Dr. Underscore Perk. I also just started a movie podcast with uh, my friends Mike and Frankie. Frankie, who was just on my our last episode here on Charging the Mound. Uh, that is the podcast. It's called Feature Presentation. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Feet Prez Pod, F-E-A-T-P-R-E-S-P-O-D. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we're going to go back to some break lists by the Wonder Years. Bye.